who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to episode 92 of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas with eric sanchez how's it going eric it's going good excited for this week's this show i am i had a lot of fun watching it okay so this week's show guys we're looking back at WrestleMania 6, because it's the road to WrestleMania officially. We were going to do another Royal Rumble, but then I decided not to. No real rhyme or reason for it. Maybe I was just kind of sick of looking at Rumble, so I was watching so many of them. Rumbled out, huh? Rumbled out. If you want to follow us guys on Twitter, please do. We're at PPW Podcast. That's where you find all of our show information, all of our tweets, pictures, interactions, all the other fun stuff. And SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, you can subscribe to us there. If you're an iTunes user and want to leave a review, that will be helpful. Uh, I'll get a look, and I think some people have. I'll look and see who's left reviews. But leave a review. It'll really help other people find the show when they search wrestling podcast. And if you uh, like our show, share us with a friend. And it's super cool to do that because that's how we get more listeners and more friends and more fans and all the other stuff. It's always fun to talk to people online and get it grows a little each week and get show feedback and all and suggestions all that other fun stuff so yeah follow us on twitter ppw podcast and share us with a friend it'll be great i think that's it any other propers you can think of what a maneuver well your microphone's at your chin there you go put it to your mouth that's what she said yeah what a maneuver.net if you want to pick up a t-shirt for us uh we have shirts there pretty of other favorite podcast buddies have shirts there the Fully Posable podcast guys at Fully Posable, the Breaker Bane Power Hour, I believe, do. Uh, I know doing the favor does. Everyone's got t-shirts there. It's the place to be. Everybody. Quality shirts, soft, solid necks. There's no droopy neck shirts. Like, <laughs> you ever buy one of those homage shirts? You know what homage is? No. Like, they're like the classic soft style shirts from Ohio. They're cool shirts, but those necks, man, too deep. Oh, okay. I like a strong neck. Yeah, I, have, I think I have a shirt. Not... Well, whatever brand you said, but homage. I think I have a Steeler shirt, like the neck's too big, mm-hmm. and when you start to like get warm or whatever, it starts to sag. Yeah, and people see in your chest, no one see that. <laughs> Unless you're a lady. So WrestleMania six, we'll get into in a second. Uh, any wrestling thoughts over the past week or so from you, Drew McIntyre, my man? Yeah, you're picked to win the Rumble. He it won. Was. Did you watch the Rumble live? I watched on an hour delay because I want to kn- skip the Roman match. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that. And I think I skipped part of the Bailey match. Did you know what happened or just were off everything? You didn't know who the winners were? Well, I heard that Roman won, but I didn't. And see I'm talking about the Rumble match. You didn't know. You oh, no, I didn't know. Okay. No. So Drew was out there. What was your reaction when he threw Roman over the rope? That was awesome. Did you assume when, when Drew eliminated Brock, were you like, okay, He's going to win it? Or were you thinking, no, that was his like moment. Someone else is going to win it. No, I, I was fully confident that Drew would win. Like I was blinded by my 
my need for Drew to win. Uh huh. What'd you think of the Rumble itself, the men's Rumble specifically with Lesnar kind of clearing house? I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. You know, yeah. it, it get, there's a story throughout the Rumbles. One of the best Rumbles in a long time where I kept interest the entire time. I was a big fan of it. Yeah. I mean, going into it, I kind of predicted that he would kind of eliminate people one by one as they came out. But it went on a little longer than I'd hoped. But, I mean, that's fine. You know, get rid of the first 10. I mean, yeah. you eliminate the first 10. And, you know, just kind of let it build up. And then, yeah, I liked it. MVP came back to get tossed out. Like yeah, that was, a good, that was a good return. Uh, I liked Elias getting uh, – poor poor Elias. <laughs> so he gets whacked with a guitar. Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, Elias's guitar is called the Fender New Quarter. And it's the same one I have. Just coincidentally, he has a black one, but that's the model. Yeah. And it's a solid guitar. And Brock hit him with the side of it. <laughs> it's so bad. Those guitars weren't gimmicked. Poor Elias. Yeah. Oh, well. He got jacked. He and gets paid the, enough. Edge came back. I was yeah. legitimately surprised. I knew there was rumors, but I was just like, I thought he just can't come back. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Every time the, well, let's say Kofi came in and when John Morrison came in, because I was with my mom, my dad, and my girlfriend, we were watching the Rumble. I'm like, oh, these are guys, these guys, <laughs> <laughs> these guys are notorious for almost getting eliminated but making their way back in. Yeah. So I think it was uh, Morrison was first. Yeah. Gets knocked right to the, <laughs> gets thrown to the floor. And my girlfriend's like, what were you saying about him? Like Making almost being look, eliminated. I'm like, look, oh, okay. You look like a fool. Yeah. So it was like the Naomi thing. And then uh, Kofi comes out. I'm like, yeah, this guy is, you know, notorious for, uh-huh. you know, having good rumble matches, good saves and getting back in. Boom. Right to the floor. Well, <laughs> like, he, had, it. he made it a little bit. The crowd was going nuts for Kofi. He did. To not, to eliminate He had a, he had a good uh, house of fire entrance. Yeah. It was, it was a fun rumble. I was a big fan of it. Uh, the women's rumble was also fun. Charlotte winning was kind of a surprise, but. I'm kind of glad she did because I do not like Shayna Baszler. Never, never did. Me neither, but you're not supposed to. I know, but even just watching her, like, I don't think she's that good. Okay. It's just not your style. You don't like the yeah. MMA style of wrestling? I just, don't know. I just don't, yeah. That's fine. It's not your thing. Yeah, it's not. You don't like the the queen of spades, as she calls herself, or Shayna <laughs> Two-Time? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I read... You know, like two days before I was saying, not saying, I was reading that the rumored winners were going to be Shayna and Drew, which I'm hoping, okay, Drew, I did yeah. pick him. So hopefully that is true. And then when it came down to Shayna and Charlotte, I'm thinking of the WrestleMania. I'm like, I don't know if Shayna is even that good to be in WrestleMania, like main event. Yeah. But, you know, maybe she will against Becky. Yeah, we'll maybe. We'll see. Like, I'd rather see a Rhea Ripley versus Becky than Shayna. Did you, all right, let's, let's skip to Raw. Did you watch the Edge segment with Randy Orton? I did. Loved what'd you it. think loved it like it was just yeah it was such a slow burn like everything's rush 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 this was like i'm gonna let everyone soak every move i'm doing in from randy orton yeah and i like how people the, on twitter are complaining like why didn't no one save edge i'm like there's no rules when it comes to run-ins in wrestling or when the ref comes to change a decision yeah. like there's no set rules no one came in just because they didn't come in that's why you right know? yeah i think and, people want too much and they can't just appreciate what happens there you go that's a perfect way of putting it yeah. Don't complain. It was so fun. It was, <laughs> but, you know, you kind of had to grow up in that little Ruthless Aggression era to even appreciate Raider. But that RKO. was even after, that was after Ruthless Aggression. That was like. No, but I'm saying like to understand like, um, not Ruthless Aggression, uh, Rated RKO. Yeah. Because even in the Rumble, I said, oh, here comes, Ed, or Warden was already in the ring and Edge came out and I'm, you know, telling the people I'm with, I'm like, yeah, they used to be a team, Rated RKO. And most of the time I'm saying everyone's stuff. Everyone's like. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it right before Michael Cole says it, so yeah. it's almost like I could be an announcer. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, I just loved it, and they I didn't, they were badass as a team, and even when they turned on each other, it's you know you kind of forget about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. It's interesting that 
that stuff, which to me seems so not that long ago, is becoming nostalgic now. Like yeah. an edge, Randy Orton it reunion. Is. It's like yeah. nostalgic, but it, to me it seems like a couple of years ago, but it was just so long ago. Yeah. Well, we were growing up, but you think of some of the wrestlers, like even Ultimate Warrior had like maybe a three or four year run, but it felt like 10 years because it was just so much like well, part of our lives. And you didn't see him that often. Like, like yeah, but it just of, felt like, oh, he was around for so long, but you look at the years or even, I don't know, like, yeah, just little guys like Savio Vega or uh-huh. Razor Ramon. Like, it seems like they were around for a long time, but they weren't. Yeah. I guess that's true. You know, it just seems like they're so a part of our life. And then I think, say- Savio Vega reference. <laughs> Savio Vega, Ultimate Warrior, same, same category. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of people that weren't around, you know, more than four or five years. Yeah. Okay. Ready to get into this week's show? Yeah. Or you got anything else to talk about? Any no, wrestling that, purchases or anything? Oh, I did uh, get the Bobby Heenan figure and the Virgil figure. Which Bobby Heenan? The, the, the fan, yeah, fan the central fan, one? Yeah, the, with the cloth jacket? Yeah. Where'd you end up finding that one? Amazon. Whoa. <laughs> Just hit puberty. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> uh, I get $25 gift card credits from my health provider, my insurance, uh-huh. if I do certain things like annual visit, yeah. flu shot, stuff like that. So I got $75. I'm like, well, let's go on Amazon and see what I could buy. So uh-huh. I got my dad a birthday present and I got some figures. Nice. So you got the Virgil with the sign? I did. Awesome. Because I've had it like in my cart, like add to cart, uh-huh. but I just kind of, you know, save it for later. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep looking at it, keep looking at it. I'm like, well, I might as well get it. Now he's perfect to go with your Ted. Yeah. And now you're going to have a heat. And my Piper. Oh no, heat. Ted for real. You he's not dressed like... He doesn't have the boxer Virgil. Yeah, or the uh, candy stripe Virgil. You got the yeah. Heenan family getting slowly assembled then too, right? Huh? I do. I just need to find an Andre. Andre's expensive. Yeah. I should have kept him when I had the four pack from Target like four years ago. Yeah. But I sold the whole thing. I'm like, eh, I don't need it. And I didn't like it because it was a blue yeah. um, attire. I wanted the black. Well, the blue attire is from WrestleMania 6. I know. As we talk about here, we'll talk about here in a second. So, But I think of him from WrestleMania 3 and stuff like that. I don't think of the blue. What about him in those crazy oversized big and tall shirts like at WrestleMania 7, like the button-down fat guy Tommy Bahama shirts? <laughs> where he's, where he's got uh, his crutches? His crutches. <laughs> we have that as a figure? I hope tell? so. That'd be nice. That'd be awesome. I'd put him in Boss Man's Corner. Yeah. <laughs> or the Rocker's Corner when he came out during uh, yeah. World Tour 91 VHS. There you go. Okay. Uh, the only wrestling purchase I have, so I've decided that I'm going to collect some of the WWF home videos, not all of them. Yeah. And I made some weird rules for myself. And one of them was I wanted to get, so there's three tapes that have warning contains nudity on them. One of them is Armageddon 99, because that was when I think Miss Kitty flashed her tatas yeah. to the world. The other one's WWF Insurrection, which was an overseas pay-per-view. Another one's a postcard, Divas postcard one. So I've got two of them. Just what was gonna, the one where Jackie goes on top? That's of Capital the, Com or Capital Carnage, but that's, that's the, it. But it's not on the. It doesn't say on the tape contains nudity. Oh, okay. So that's the one I always kind of go to, and I'm like, you know, what did her titties look like? <laughs> <laughs> Let's look it up on. Uh, what's up? It's not YouTube. What's the other one? Ah, uh, Venmo, Daily Motion, Daily Motion. That's it. <laughs> Venmo, <laughs> Vimeo, or whatever. Yeah. All right. Now, oh, quick thing. I saw a guy on Twitter. He's like, "I need everybody to send me a dollar. I'm checking into something." <laughs> <laughs> or Venmo, Venmo me a dollar. I'm, I'm checking on something. <laughs> I'm like, like, "That's brilliant. Maybe it'll work." Yeah. 
All right, WrestleMania six. You watch this show. Overall, broad, pie in the sky thoughts. What'd you think? Oh man! So when I first I, I watched this in two maybe three sessions. The first time I watched, it, I'm like, oh, I'm too tired to finish this. Mm-hmm. And the second time I started watching it, I got into it. Then I'm like looking at like what is coming up. I'm like, I can't watch the rest of this. <laughs> it, it was like 30 matches. <laughs> yes. At least it felt like it. So then what, the last watching I got to, I think it was right after the um, Bolsheviks and Heart Foundation match. Okay. I was all in. You know, I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm watching it. You know, I'm excited. I'm not trying to fast forward anything. I'm not bored. Um, yeah. So whatever happened after that, you know, I don't know if it was just my attitude going into it, but. Overall, I loved it. I liked the matches. I even liked the little four or five minute matches. That yeah, well, well, we'll talk about this. But this that's one thing. There's 14 matches on this card and yeah. a dark match. The dark match, Paul Roma beat the Brooklyn Brawler. But WrestleMania six took place on April the first, April Fool's Day, 1990, from the Sky Dome in Toronto, Canada. Announced attendance of 67,678. Was it a Sunday or a Saturday? That's a Sunday. Because I'm thinking the last rumble that we did, I was going to mention that that was on a Saturday, right? They, I think the '94 rumble was all like their rumbles were Saturdays through like '94, and then they stopped being that. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, it was. I don't remember pay per views on Saturday. I don't either. I don't know why, but they, obviously they were. I just don't remember them. Yeah, that's why I thought it was weird. And I was going to mention it, then afterwards I'm like, oh crap, forgot to mention it. Yeah, it was weird. So, what about uh, before we get into the show and the breakdown and our thoughts and all that other fun stuff? What memories do you have of this show? Like, what was the first time you watched it? Were you watching live at the time? Was this a tape rental? It was a tape rental. Okay, so you hadn't seen the show live, but were you watching in 1990? Or were you watching around there? I was watching on and off, and I was in junior high, and I remember my friend Dan, you know, after res- or after this WrestleMania, they were talking about it, him and his friends, and I was kind of into it, but I wasn't that into it. But then everything started to sound cooler. It's like the Ultimate Warrior one, and not that I never really liked Hulk Hogan, but I just, I mean, Hulk Hogan was always the champ. Like there was, nobody else was ever the champ yeah. as I was growing up. And I'm like, okay. And then like Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's like shocking to me. And, you know, then I started getting into it more, started watching it. And, you know, then the Survivor Series thing and all that, the Undertaker stuff and Hogan. And, yeah, you know, and I don't know. I just, I, I wasn't watching live, but I was watching off and on. And I did go back and rent, you know, previous WrestleManias after seven just to kind of get caught up. So you rented this tape from the video store. Yeah. And I think for me, I was like you watching kind of, but didn't really know when it was on. Yeah. And I remember renting this tape a lot because the cover art was like amazing. One, I knew who the Ultimate Warrior was. I knew who Hulk Hogan was. Mm-hmm. And to see them like, these guys wrestle? Like this is like, yeah. wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. And this was a tape I would watch a ton and it would, again, it would be your eyes would draw to the cover, which is Hogan warrior kind of both posing and in the backgrounds, like the Canadian mountains and like the night sky. It's just an awesome VHS yeah. cover. The best one I think Coliseum video has ever done. And this one just always caught my imagination with that. Mm-hmm. And looking back at it too, I think we've talked about this before. When we were a kid, more matches meant like better because you felt like getting more of a value. Like, yeah, yeah. I want more, more, more. So I didn't care about these three-minute matches. I watched this tape front to back. Yeah. A lot of my Hasbro matchup cards and stuff that I would do on my own kind of came from this after I watched it. I'm like, oh, Million Dollar Man and Jake the Snake. Yeah. So I'm like, that's a, that's a good matchup. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of the matches I thought that were long, I used to think were boring. But then some of the long ones was like, I just couldn't get enough. 
And one of it was Ted DiBiase and Jake. Like, I didn't realize it was that long of a match. It's only 12 minutes, but like, I know, but compared kid, to some others, it was like four, four or five minutes. Yeah. The opener of the Birdman and Rick Martel, which is just under four minutes. <laughs> so let's get into the show here. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about before. I have copies of WrestleMania or Wrestling Challenge. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of watching those to see like a build up to this a little bit. Yeah. And a few things, uh, I think a week or two after the Rumble, both Hogan and Warrior do pre-tape promos talking about their confrontation of the rumble and both challenge each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I challenge you to the ultimate challenge, old challenge. And you got to, if you guys got a chance, go back and watch these wrestling challenge promos. Look on YouTube, look wherever they are bat crazy. Like they're just nuts. Like Hogan and warrior Warrior's mm-hmm. known for his crazy promos, but Hogan's even more nuts. And warrior always reminded me like a Nirvana song. Like the, like the words didn't really make a lot of sense, but it made sense. Like, it was just weird how... It made sense to you as a kid, but, like... Yeah. I'm thinking, like, if my mom or dad were, like, we were like, what are you watching? Like, what is this? Then a couple weeks later, Jack Tunney makes it official from his office, mm-hmm. and I tweeted out a picture behind him, or two pictures of Hogan and Warrior and posters yeah. at his desk, and he says, the only question now is which title will be on the line? That will be determined at a later date. Like, he doesn't, like, tease it, mm-hmm. and... I don't know why they wouldn't. I, I would yeah, just why would assume, Hogan fight for the Intercontinental title? To have Hogan two belts? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> two belts. Uh, then but he it, just seems so far above it at the time. Yeah. Tony eventually makes it official that it's title for title, mm-hmm. which is huge. It is. Huge, huge. Uh, a couple other things I want to talk about. There's a book called uh, WrestleMania, The Ultimate Insider Story that came out right around WrestleMania 2000, written by Basil DeVito. And I heard about it originally on the Lapsed Fan Podcast, they referenced it a lot and their WrestleMania journey they did a few years back. But I, there's some interesting tidbits in it because it's written through somewhat shoot style. It's not really kayfabe. Mm-hmm. And Basil DeVito talked about how much of a pain Toronto businesses were to deal with. He said originally the papers and the press like were like super pumped for WrestleMania to come to Toronto and they were excited and all that stuff. But the businesses, no one would sponsor them. He said even the Blue Jays would not allow them to use their ticket offices. They'd wow. like sell their own tickets. Yeah. Just very interesting. Even despite all that, they still sold the crap out of this this place, 67,000 people. It looked packed as it can be with, yeah. those, with those wide angle shots they were doing mm-hmm. throughout. Also, what was weird was the – lost my train of thought there for a second. Basil DeVito? Yes, Basil DeVito. He said that the initial concept of the babyface babyface match – Everyone was concerned that it wasn't going to draw. Yeah. Because he said it's always good guy versus bad guy. When you have good guy versus good guy, it's tough to determine that. Mm-hmm. But with these two larger than life characters, everyone's got to see it. You know? Yeah. So. And I think they all they both kind of turned it up the heel a little bit on each other, which mm-hmm. made me see more how like how big this was. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a jerk to you. You be a jerk to me. Let's. You know. Yeah, we, we got to win. Like, yeah. who, who's the best? Yeah. And it felt so powerful. Like It still does. Like, it does. Like, looking at it now, these two guys are the... No one comes close to them. Like, I'm trying to think of a modern-day comparison of the two biggest good guys in the company, mm-hmm. which is tough to do now because it's so, like, gray type of thing. Yeah. Like, who's someone in WWE that everybody loves? Do you think currently right now? Everyone. I guess Edge. Yeah. So but I mean, back. he's not a new guy. Right, he just came back. But even a new guy, like <laughs> Roman, not everyone loves him. Daniel Bryan now, because he's back. Yeah, well, I would put Daniel Bryan in there. Yeah. You know, even from his his uh, yes movement. Yeah. But who else? Right. AJ, when he first came in, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, it's not like they were on that on this. And level. they weren't like the top of the top. Like Roman is clearly the top. Like Roman and Brock are like the two top of the top guys yeah. in WWE. But they currently. get booed, right? I mean, they're both Brock's supposed to be a bad guy, but even still, yeah. it just I don't I like know if when it, he picks on people and laughs at him. who Brock. <laughs> yeah, like just to see him like chuckle and get have a good time and even like dance a little. What bit. What song did he dance to at uh, at the Rumble? Was it MVP song? I think so. Was he dancing too? I yeah. think so. He's doing the dance. <laughs> He's having a Brock party. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Brock party. You got to bring it back to Brock party. Yeah. Here's another Money in the Bank match. This starts <laughs> off the show with the classic Vince McMahon, the stars of the galaxy. Yeah. Images begin to appear. And yeah, I love the constellation opening. Uh-huh. You know, they, I don't know what they were, but you know, let's just say we're looking in the sky and there's like Taurus and Aries and you know, the big dipper. And then you start to see like the, the constellation of Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and the, the constellation of the warrior. And yeah, I just love the, whoever designed that and like made that happen. Uh-huh. Love it. And I remember when I was a kid watching this show, renting at the VHS, obviously, I would used to fast forward a lot of intro stuff for oh, costume shows, but I would one. always watch this yeah, one. You always got to watch this one. Love this it. one in WrestleMania Seven, I would just watch. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It's probably because like stuff like the Rumble, they would just recap who's in it. Mm-hmm. But this was just a epic. This is what's coming yeah. up. Everybody, buckle up, strap in, grab your chips, kid, and your Pepsi. Watch this damn show with us. Get ready <laughs> and your juice barrel hugs. Hugs, yes. <laughs> Bring back the hugs. Upon the examination of the galaxies of space, images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, prepare to explode. Champion versus champion. Title for title. It's the Ultimate Challenge. It's WrestleMania! Throughout this whole thing, I just loved how Monsoon and Jesse just made this like you were watching like a historic event. Mm-hmm. It was huge. It was a sellout. It was a sky dome. You know, history's being made here, folks. And it's like you had to be a part of it. And you felt amazing when you were a part of it. Well, Jesse Ventura said, I've been to the Super Bowl. I've been to the World Series. I've even been to the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. But there is one event that surpasses them all. And that's WrestleMania. Yeah. And it sucks that he's in like a, he's in, he won a lawsuit with WWE where they can't use his likeness unless they pay him. Yeah. Because that should be in every damn WrestleMania open. It should be. In the time, but it's not. So. Yeah. Goosebumps. Well, I was thinking, well, here's something similar, but I'm going off track a little bit. I was watching the San Francisco 49ers game a couple of weeks ago at Levi Stadium, and it was on, I think, CBS. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how all of this big stuff was happening there. And I'm thinking WrestleMania was there. Yeah. But it was on CBS. If it was on Fox, you know Fox would have just 
talk that WrestleMania hype up. Yeah. <laughs> Rollins cashed in. We talked, we did a look back at that WrestleMania, yeah. how great a show that was. But it was just like, you know, why wouldn't you mention WrestleMania? It was really one of your biggest events at this Levi Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well, what Anywho. Other, was there a Super Bowl there? There's been a Super Bowl there. I think so, yeah. This isn't a sports podcast. It's a fictional no, sports right, podcast. No, right, but I'm just saying that they were at Levi Stadium, and, they were, and the announcers were talking about what big events were held there, like NCAA, blah, 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 yeah. blah and all that stuff. Anyway, Jesse Ventura. Uh, then the re- classic WrestleMania song plays. We do a pan shot of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Great visual, and they do the, they're do they doing a lot of crowd shots, which, by the way, everyone's pissed off lately because WWE cut to the crowd oh, shot. Yeah. I just like... Dude, everyone chill out. Like, yes, they screwed up, but they went back and, like, they fixed it. And I guarantee on the network or, like, home video release of that, they're going to fix the crowd shot. Yeah. Edge hits the well, even on Monday go, night, I think they're going to fix it. Yeah, they did. Like, yeah. And I, I was always like, everyone's like, they also messed AJ's entrance. And I was like, you guys are pointing to two screw-ups in the entire history of the company. Like, give them a yeah. break. Like, their production's the best. It's annoying sometimes when they do the camera shaking. But other than that, or the zoom in, zoom out, oh, I get sick. Everybody does, but <laughs> like I, I get you're trying to hide fake punches, but yeah, but geez. but everyone needs to chill out on that. But anyway, this is great crowd shots. There's people in the front row got some sweet WrestleMania six hats that probably bought from the merch stand, like the yeah. tie dye blue ones. It was great uh, watching then, this on VHS. I wish I would watch this live, just because it just felt so like you wish important. You were, so when you were a kid, you pissed you missed it. Yeah, but uh, but I understood like why my why my friends were talking so much about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, if I was watching it live, I would have probably just been just as hyped up about it. My other buddy, who's a grew up as a wrestling fan too, said this was the first pay per view he got to wa- order, and his mom mm-hmm. ordered it for me. He's like, I'll never forget. My mom was like vacuuming as the show was ending, and Hogan yeah. lost, and I cried. Aww. He was crying and he lost. So he's like, I'll never forget that, which is a very cool little wrestling story. Yeah. Uh, first up, we've got Robert Goulet to sing O Canada. Robert Goulet, I only think of Robert Goulet as the uh, Will Ferrell impersonation yeah. of him. Goulet. Uh, Robert Goulet <laughs> on SNL. Papa. Call me <laughs> Big Papa. Um, they sing all the hits. <laughs> a couple things in the WrestleMania book also I read that Basil DeVito said was, because Robert Goulet was a pro, but we found out he didn't know the words to O Canada. <laughs> so <laughs> you'll notice if you look back, you see them the lyrics on like the LED or not the LED boards at the time, but like the scoreboards, the lyrics yeah, of old Canada. That's fine. Maybe the fans just thought they wanted them to sing along. Yeah. I also liked the crowd shots. I'm of, sure the fans didn't know the words either. I don't know. Canadian people them. are proud. Oh, Canada is a better national anthem than the American national anthem. <gasps> Bite your tongue. No, it is. Move I mean, to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> the guys in tuxes in the front row with their ultimate warrior face paint, they're like, Probably in their 20s, they're mm-hmm. just hyped, like, yo, we're, we're going to wear tuxes and paint the warrior. Because yeah, I wonder, why what, not? wonder what they were thinking. Because I wonder if, I don't, I wish I knew what the vibe was, like what the feeling was amongst the crowd and the people watching at the time. Because are you just assume Hogan's going to win? Hogan always wins. Yeah. You know, it's just what it is. And when Warrior won, I wish we would have got a shot of those guys because they must have been <laughs> so pumped for the Warrior to they win. They probably ripped their jackets off. Yeah. And like they've, Slam some beers in the way out, like Warrior One. Hogan's time is done. It's <laughs> over. It's a new Warrior generation, and you all have to deal with it. They're screaming at the kids, crying for sure. <laughs> like cool shirt, loser. <laughs> you better take that shirt and put it in the trash. <laughs> put it on a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> Strap the rocket fuel and the rocket ship. Yes, those guys. We just made a whole story about them. Guys in the front row. If you watch this show, go back and watch them. You'll have a lot of fun with those. 
Hey, maybe they'll tweet. Hey, we, that was us. Next up is our opening match. The Birdman. Coco Beware versus Rick the Model Martel. God, I love Birdman as a, as a kid. You know, I was watching it, and my daughter was watching it with me just the start of this. And I go, look, Penny, it's the Birdman. She goes, who's the Birdman? And Coco, and I started doing the arms, and she started doing it. She goes, why does he have a bird? I'm like, that's Frankie. Why is it Frankie? It's just his bird. Does he have a snake like Jake? No. Why do all the wrestlers have animals? <laughs> well, that's a good question, Penny. It is. It was a thing. The yeah. WWE did at the time. <laughs> Bulldogs had, uh, what was that Bulldog? Matilda. Name? Matilda. Yep. And then I later, Bulldog, the Bridge Bulldog just had Winston. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Winston. Forgot about that. Yeah. And Ricky Streamblood has Dragon. Komodo. Yeah, the Komodo Dragon. Yeah. It's just, they also came with one of the figures. Any notes on this match? Oh. It was a good match. I liked Martel how he came out. I don't. I think I liked the older, you know, the longer hair, poofy hair. I did not. I hate sweater that. tied around his neck. I hate you know, that Martel arrogance. Give me the Hasbro Martel, the pink tights, the short hair, the sunglasses. Glasses. I'm a model button. Yes, yes, I am a model. <laughs> For some reason, Rick Martel was one of my dad's favorite wrestlers. I don't know why. He was a big Rick Martel fan. Yeah. He used to drive me nuts. I hated him. Oh come on! This just reaffirmed my belief that Coco was just like a, like a character jobber. Yeah, that's okay. Hall of Famer. I know. But bird, bird, bird. I'm going to get you Coco Beware's autograph at WrestleCon this year. I hope you do. Be there. Would I you like you that? Do. I would love it. What else would you like? What's his name's going to be there? PN News, your boy. See, I'm not that into PN News. Okay. I mean, I, I think about him. I get nostalgic about it, but you know, I don't want his autograph. I'm hoping for a Mike McGurk appearance. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be something. Hopefully she has old headshots where she looks like she's... You got the '80s hair. We should and the, confirm and that the she's. Tuxedo. We should confirm she's still alive. I'm sure she is. I think she is. Yeah. Uh, one thing I liked in this match, Gorilla's commentary was Gorilla mentions that if you lose, you're on the short end of the money, uh-huh. indicating that like there's was prize fighting, which is kind of funny. Okay. Like there's no set salary. Yeah. When you get more, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I like the um, like the story behind. It was almost made it like more real. Uh huh. Like that. Because there's other times later in the match where they were talking about, you know, he acquired his contract to manage him. And, you know, he paid a lot of money to manage this guy. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Really concerned with money. Very concerned with yeah. money. <laughs> hey, it made it look sound like a legit business. Yeah. Rick the Model Martel gets the win, beats Coco Beware just under four minutes. And we go to our first backstage interview of the night. Mean Gene Oakland with the Colossal Connection. What does he call them? He calls them the Colostomy Connection. <laughs> and Bobby's like, what did you say? He's like, what are you talking about? I called them the Colossal Connection. <laughs> which, Colostomy. Of co- which, of course, is Andre the Giant and Haku. Yeah. This is for the WWF Tag Team Championships. And then we also go to our uh, demolition interview with... Uh, Sean Mooney. Sean Mooney, yeah. This is what I would call prime babyface awesome demolition this is yeah. what i think demolition was my favorite i thought they were so cool. yeah mine too they were so very cool i must have seen i've seen this match i don't know why i've seen it like 20 times it, i don't know if it's on like compilations or if it like i would i'll start wrestlemania 6 and like fall asleep and this is like the match i last remember before dozing off or yeah, something like that right. so i've seen this match so many times it's for the tag titles and I was just wondering as this match started because also this is a f- not like, we didn't talk about this but the first match they come out in those carts yeah they also did a WrestleMania right. three I like those I was a fan of the carts I, should, I don't know how they haven't brought those back yet for nostalgia <laughs> like how have you not back WrestleMania they should cart? have like a nostalgic mania where they bring back all the old shit yeah like the you know, rest- like a theme old logo old songs yeah that's money bring Fink back if he can do it Mike McGurk back or who is the guy uh, the guy who did WrestleMania ten. Cy Sterling? I don't know. 
Anyway, we'll look him up. Where were we on this match? Okay, they're both coming down. Colossal Connection comes down. Demolition comes down. Demolition's got those masks. They look like S&M bondage guys. But when we were kids, we didn't think that. No, we just thought they were badass. Yeah. Axe and Smash, they were just great. I mean, having all this background information now, like, kind of ruins the match for me. Like, how bad Andre was in shape? Yeah, like, he's not in shape. He's not going to be in the match. He's kind of hanging on, keeping his, you know, keeping his weight off of his back and his feet. And, you know, watching it with, like, fresh eyes and you don't know anything, like, it was a great match. I was wondering as I was watching this, did the live crowd not think Demolition was going to win because throughout they're kind of like ho-hum, like, eh, we don't know. We, we know what's going to happen. We got Andre and Haku. They're not going to beat him. But then Bobby's always a cheater. When Demolition gets the win, oh, baby. Big a, Andre gets hung up in the ropes as a traditional sit-down arm uh, wrap there's in, a, in the ropes. It's his favorite thing. There's a big pop because mm-hmm. Haku kick, accidentally kicks Andre in the yeah. face. So it's Haku's fault. It's not Andre's fault. Yeah, it is. Post-match, it's all about the angle where Bobby and Grill are yelling at each other. Bobby and Gorilla. Bobby and Andre are yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Andre paintbrushes Bobby, completely misses him <laughs> on one of them, and then goes back and whacks him a few more times. Yeah. Bobby's selling it like crazy. The only thing that sucked about this, Demolition didn't get to celebrate their tag title win. No, because you had to go to that angle yeah, right away. exactly. But they were in the backstage and they were celebrating. And I do like how like Andre's like lumbering and get on the cart, pulls Haku off, and Haku's just like <laughs> stuck on it. And I noticed Pat Patterson on the ground trying to move like the rope out of the way yeah. so like Haku can get off and Andre's waving. He gets a huge pop. Everyone loved Andre. It must have felt great for him to get this, yeah. this big Be moment. Yeah, from under the thumb of Bobby Heenan. Yeah, it must have felt great for Andre. So I liked it. What do you think of this match overall? Okay. Um, I mean, when I watched, like the first time I watched it, I thought it was awesome because I liked Demolition, but I don't know, just watching it and knowing Andre was hurt and seeing how much time Haku was in the ring and I don't know, the storytelling of it was great, but I just wish I didn't know so much about their histories or yeah. their personal lives. Next up is Earthquake uh, versus Hercules. I can't believe this was a WrestleMania match, one. I can't believe Earthquake wore that outfit that was tearing on the sides. Like <laughs> He looked like he got that at Goodwill and like, <laughs> ah, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just wear it. Maybe he only brought one and it ripped yeah. and he put it on today. He looked a little it was a little tight in the crotch for him. It was. A little sweaty in the, out. In the front butt. <laughs> yeah, the front butt. As I was watching these wrestling challenges, they're really building up Earthquake as like a monster. And they do so here because yeah. they say he's brought... 20 men have gone to the hospital after matches with him. and Well, yeah, he was huge. And, like, you never saw a big guy like this. He was pretty fast, too. Like how he ran the ropes. Yeah, and fat and Shoot. ugly and sweaty and stinky. <laughs> but I can't believe this was a match. But I didn't hate it. Earthquake obviously gets the wind over Hercules. Yeah. But I didn't hate it. Yeah, it was okay. Again, these are just this. Uh, there's a bit of a theme here. So there's a throwaway match, big match, throwaway match, and now another big match here. But before we get to that... Uh, we have well. There was one part I did like Monsoon saying uh, that the ring was specially reinforced for these two because I think they said Hercules was two seventy and uh, Earthquake comes in at four sixty eight. You know, it's almost seven hundred fifty pounds of of beef in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice that he said it was specially reinforced for some of these matches. Uh, next, we have Ronald Barrett and Miss Elizabeth interview, which. I don't know who this lady is. I didn't. She's either. a Hollywood insider person, Some gossip columnist. Yeah, right? but Liz is looking. Straight out of classy late eighties hairstyle. Oh, yeah. Did you have a big crush on Liz growing up? Mm-hmm. I think I, I did. I can't think she of. She was any- so sweet and nice, and always smiled and looked real pretty. Like she was. I didn't like her because she was quiet. You know, it was just how she carried herself. Classy. Yeah. And I can't think of anyone that probably didn't have a crush on her who, yeah. were, who was around our age growing right. up. Even now, go back and watch this. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Liz. Very luxurious. Baby girl. Baby girl. <laughs> 
And Rhoda's what you doing? <laughs> Barrett's pressuring Liz, like, where have you been? And she's like, well, I've been in an advisory role. Like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. And also she says, if I come back to the ring, I'm going to be more active than ever before. A little bit of a tease for later in the night. Maybe. And then we've got our next, I guess, big match. Brutus Beefcake versus Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Brutus has been in the back with Sean Mooney. I love the props. What do you mean? Like, props. like Hedge clippers? Well... Beefcake has this piece of paper, and Mooney's like, "What are you looking at?" It's like, "Oh, I'm looking at Mister Perfect's perfect record, like this piece of paper." Pretty, I'm like, "Oh, okay, so now that's a prop. It's pretty <laughs> impressive." Yeah, and he just cuts it. How he's going to chop down his perfect record? Mister Perfect is with the genius Lenny Poffo, <laughs> and this is a, again Mister Perfect's perfect record against Bruce the Barber Beefcake, who was yeah. getting a pretty big push at the time. I was a beef fan. Yeah. Beefcake? Your brood eye, as Gorilla would call him? Brother, yeah, here's I was brother. a fellow brood eye. Brood eye. Why, do you, why, what, why brood eye? I don't know. Brood Maybe brood cactus eyes? and cacti. Yeah, but Brutus, that, that would implore, or imply there's plural. There's multiple Brutuses. <laughs> there's brood okay. eye. It was a thing, and we still say it 30 years later. <laughs> so Brutus gets the win here after a pretty good match yeah. by dropping perfect, like on like a soup, like, like a, what is it called? Atomic drop, or what would you call it? Like a flip? Or Perfect gets his face on the corner. I don't know what you call it. You, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. though. He gives yeah. him a monkey flip, we'll say, and he hits <laughs> his face on the corner, one, two, three, which I thought was kind of a lame way for Mr. Perfect Street to end. Yeah. I would have preferred a sleeper or something, or like a small package, something. Yeah, like a legit finisher. Yeah, not just this lame thing. But right. Of course, post-match, he wants to do the haircut, but he Perfect escapes. But the genius does not. No. And I think you talked about this last week. <laughs> Go ahead, well, I think even I think even Heenan says, or not Heenan, uh, Monsoon says, don't cut it from the front. <laughs> <laughs> he starts cutting his hair from the front. Yeah. But the, he said something earlier in the match that I thought was hilarious at the time. Well, as I was watching it, I'm like, man, Monsoon was so funny. He said, <laughs> he's like, he tells Jesse, hey, check out, uh, what do you think of beef beefcake's tights? And... Monsoon says something about it looks like he, he a grenade blew off in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> what if Monsoon hated beefcake? Probably. He loved all the other baby faces. He made excuses for it, but not Brudeye. No. He did call him Brudeye, though, so he gave him a little nickname. All right, next up, after this match, poor, poor Lanny Pop <laughs> gets his hair yeah. cut all jacked up. We've got Piper versus Bad News. And mm-hmm. Roddy Piper is not only Roddy Piper, he's Hot Scott. Yeah. Where he's half black. This is just crazy to watch now. Half black face. I don't even know how, how it went over back then. Like it was accepted back then. But what's funny is I was watching these old Challenge episodes. He wore it on Challenge too. Okay. And we didn't talk about it in our Rumble 90 show a couple weeks ago, but they had a big brawl at the they did. 90 Rumble and there was yeah. a, you know, a big thing and an angle building and all that to a match that I, I don't know why. I mean, Piper's got a crazy promo to watch pre- pre-match mm-hmm. the match is, itself is i just i didn't like it it's a seven minute match he felt longer it was slow yeah but for some reason the crowd was crazy into this one maybe because they love piper so much i guess probably what do you think of this to me i was just like it ends in like a double dq like yeah, craziness just, just whatever i'm not a fan what'd you think same yeah uh piper's tells a pretty famous story which i'm sure you've heard before mm-hmm. so we had a solution <clears throat> to get the paint off. And Andre the Giant took that solution, dumped it out, and replaced it with water. 
He's like, so I'm scrubbing and scrubbing and like my skin's bleeding and it's not coming off. <laughs> like a solvent to yeah. remove the paint. Yeah, so it was just water. So he said I had to walk through the Tampa airport the next day with this half blackface <laughs> thing because Andre. So I didn't remember it was his entire body. I mean, I'm sure there were pictures of it, but when he came out, he had his hot rod shirt on. Yeah. And the, uh, the kilt and all that stuff. So he takes the kilt off and his leg is black. I'm like, oh, wow. Then he takes the shirt off and the rest of his body's black. And then I'm, you know... Thinking of that story, how he didn't have the right stuff to get it off, I'm like, man, that must have been brutal. And then Piper, I think it was Martel or somebody was in the back, like scrubbing it with toothbrushes, trying to get it off of him in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> per Martel with a toothbrush all over Piper. <laughs> and then also, there, there's like a point in the match where Piper takes out a loaded glove and he's like, just yeah, like, is he, is he Michael Jackson or something? Like, a, it wasn't and it's even, legal. Apparently, like the ref let him do it. Yeah, Danny Davis is gonna let things let things slide. Apparently, right? I guess. It was fine. I mean, I'm not <laughs> It was better than an Earthquake uh, Hercules match. Hercules. I don't know. I think I liked Hercules better than Earthquake better than this. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Next up is a comedy segment backstage with Steve Allen and the Bolsheviks, <laughs> which was just funny. He's got a piano in the shower, which is hilarious. Yeah. When I was younger, I'm like, who is this old guy? Who's Steve but Allen? now that I'm older, like I thought he was funny. <laughs> He's like, I get no kick from Ukraine. And then uh, he plays like a da 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 He's like, how was your sister tonight? And one of the Bolsheviks is like, hey, that's the Polish national anthem. We're like, whoa. It's like, all right, well, let's play the... Russian national anthem in the toilet flushes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Steve Allen's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And they end up, the Bolsheviks end up losing the Hart Foundation in 19 seconds. Yeah. Poor Bret Hart. This is Canada. <laughs> it doesn't even get his moment to shine. I mean, they get a squash match, which is good, but. Well, at least somebody got his glasses. Yeah, that little kid. They took him right off right away. I'm like, careful mm. with those kids. Very careful yeah. with those silver glasses. Did you like the silver glasses or the pink glasses better? Because um, he gave away the silver glasses here. I mean, with with the Heart Foundation, I just yeah. liked anything that wasn't like the regular sunglasses. Mm-hmm. So the, like the uh, shimmery shades, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I liked them. And I was looking at Elites. I think Series 43, they had a Bret Hart Heart Foundation and an Anvil Heart Foundation. Yeah. I was going to buy them, but the Bret Hart comes with like regular sunglasses, but yeah. they're in the pink and black. I'm like, but he had, you know, the shimmery shades. Yeah. So I don't know. I held off for that reason. <laughs> well, that's, com- that's part of why I haven't bought that Bret Ultimate Edition. It's because the shades are like silver and pink because they try to make it reflective also that face yeah. scan is terrible oh, drives yeah. me nuts with that ultimate edition they screwed it up so you know when I watch older stuff like this I try to see like how accurate they were at Mattel yeah <laughs> Just we'll, we'll get to that Sherry's yeah. very accurate oh yeah we'll get to that in a second yeah. But yeah I mean I'd like a little bit more detail on that Sherry robe but hey I like it yeah same color at least mm-hmm. and next is after this match I guess it's intermission yeah is what it seems like at the show where they do a promo for WrestleMania 7 it just seems like we'll be right back, and then they go to Jesse and and Gorilla. They're up in the interview area or something like that. But we come back from intermission. You'd think it'd be like, okay, let's get started. But we've got Tito Santana versus the Barbarian. Yeah, maybe that's like a warm up match. I think this might be a match to make sure everyone gets back in their seats in time. That's yeah. they get their popcorn, say, their souvenirs. Hey, hey, I hear some action going on in there. Let's get back to the get to the event. Yeah, the Barbarian won. He did. Why would the Barbarian win? I don't know. <laughs> I was just turned off by this match because, I mean, Jesse, as his, like, racist comments, like, age, it's just, like, I just get annoyed with it. Because you're part Mexican? Because I am. He's, you know, tamale and burrito and Chico and this. I'm like, come on. <laughs> you're all pissed off at you. to write him a letter. I do. Well, I'm not going to write him a letter now, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, just to watch. 
goes smack him in the face. How's how's that for Chico, buddy? <laughs> Why don't you go eat a burrito? Get that burrito power. <laughs> the flag. Well, Bobby used to call the flying jalapeno. I know, but Bobby's funny. <laughs> you'll allow it. I'll allow it. What about his sister Ariba McIntyre? Uh, funny. Oh, you'll allow it. Okay. I liked it. All right. Next up, we have. I just feel like Jesse had like this big grudge against him because he was Mexican (laughs) (laughs) where Bobby was just being funny about it (laughs) all right we've got a big match up here and a match I've also seen a bunch of times for some reason yeah Dusty Rose and Sapphire versus the Macho King and Queen Sherry Mm -hmm. and as we mentioned already Sherry's in her elite gear yep and they do both do pre-match or pre-match interviews which is standard stuff crazy Macho King crazy Sherry all that they both come out, and Dusty Rhodes says, Ooh, we got the crown jewel, baby. <laughs> also, I also like, the, in the pre-match promo, yeah. Sapphire says, Ain't no queen up in here. Ain't no queen. The sweet Sapphire coming out. We got the crown jewel. Yeah. And who's the crown jewel? Miss Elizabeth. What a pop. Yeah. And she's in a fancy dress. She is. I mean. Savage goes bananas. Right, Ooh, what's she doing here? Sherry's like, get out of here, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's my man. Not my man, but my man. This was a match where it's got large, this has larger than life characters. Yeah. Even Sapphire gives a pass in this match. Yeah, I mean, come on. She's got those lethal hip attacks <laughs> where she's doing the booty bump right to Sherry. Keeps, yeah. keeps Sherry just sells amazing for those uh, yeah. hip attacks. That's where <laughs> Naomi, got her, Naomi got her butt bump from was from Sapphire. She should <laughs> give her props. She should. I think Sapphire trained her, didn't she? <laughs> Naomi? <laughs> I don't think so. I know Sapphire's past, but... Oh. You know Sapphire's story? She was just a fan. Like, it, it, Bruce Pritchard talked I heard. about it. Yeah. And, like, like they she hired just, her. Yeah. Because I think Cody said he thinks that was just a rib on Dusty Rhodes. Because you want to act like a black man. Here's a black girl for you. Yeah. <laughs> or something like That's that. Fine. Something weird. But. He made it work. Just like it, those polka dots. Made everything work. Yeah. Sweet Sapphire, the crown jewel. <laughs> Dusty and Sapphire get the win. I also mm-hmm. liked in this match Macho Man's tights. They're like yeah. kind of like tie-dye-ish, yeah. but not really. Very cool. Loved yeah, the, his the crown. scepter that he had is a scepter that comes with the, uh, I think it was the Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, Macho right. King. I have it over there, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, that's the scepter. Yeah. So maybe... then I saw the scepter from Royal Rumble that you got. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm going to see if that's the same one. <laughs> different scepters. Yeah, good. Good for you, Mattel. Picking different scepters. Yeah, Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. Why did I say Bobby Heenan? Sapphire and Dusty get the win, and they celebrate post-match by American Dream playing loud through the speakers. Mm-hmm. Liz even gets into a dance yeah, a little bit. having a good time. She's smiling. She's shaking, clapping. I was a big fan. Me too. And we talked. We already, we already talked about our crushes on Liz and how mm-hmm. crazy it was. Next up, we've got a Bobby the Brain Heenan interview. Uh, <laughs> what are you laughing about? How upset I'm just is? laughing. At it. It's just yeah, how pissed he was that they lost <laughs> yeah that he was like just going on about you know i'm the head of the family you don't tell me what to do i tell you what to do you listen to me you go to the top you don't listen to me <laughs> you're never heard from again and then he starts talking and he's like you're whatever he said <laughs> he loses his train of thought <laughs> and it's just like quiet for a second and gene says are you lost for words for the te- for, are you lost for words for the first time but i was like no i'm not <laughs> It's like me today. I'm like I'm like foggy today, which I've yeah lost my train of thought a couple times. But mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? But <sighs> I, I love this promo. It's it was great, awesome. It's it, a lot of these promos on this show, these backstage stuff, mm-hmm. aren't necessarily like legendary, but this one was fun. Yeah, for sure. Like and it's not something I would I would skip past if I'm watching. it. No, for sure. This is something I don't know if I've ever seen before. I don't know. 
if I've ever watched the network version of the show all the way through. I just have the Coliseum video version. Yeah. It's got Jesse and Gorilla interviewing that Rona Barrett lady again. Right. Yeah, she was on there in the network. Yeah, that's what I watched. I watched the network version of this. Okay. But I don't know what, what the deal was. Then we also go backstage. Demolition. Was that not on the tape? It, I don't remember. I'll have to look. I don't remember it being okay. in there. I'm like, I don't remember this at all. Demolition, super happy they won, obviously. They're celebrating for the titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Macho King interview where he says that suffering builds character. Yeah. So he's pissed they won, but he's okay with it. He's not screaming like Bobby. Suffering builds character. But he won. What's he What's he mad about? Who? Who won? Macho King? No, they lost. Oh, okay. What do you, did you not see the match? Sapphire <laughs> rolls up Cherry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember Savage hitting uh, somebody with a scepter. And I thought that was the end. Yeah. This is a long one. (laughs) This is a long show. I I forgot. This and the network, it's over, it's three and a half hours, which is long for this period of time in wrestling. Next up, we've got the Hulk Hogan interview, Mm -hmm. which is pretty famous. And then this is where the power lies. We've got the Ultimate Warrior interview, also pretty famous. He's backstage by himself. It's just. They're ready to go. They are. They're hyping it up. They're both oiled. They both injected their asses with steroids. (laughs) They're ready to roll. He's tan as hell. He's the other one's tan as hell. They got their tan, their oil, their roids. If Sting would have been tan, they could have had a bitter they moment of Starcade. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> Next, we get the Rockers and the Orient Express. The Rockers are in their Mattel Legends gear that they wore, the yellow yeah. gear. Very good. So here's something I, I liked back then. You remember when we were kids? I mean, they probably still sell it, like the little bottles of fabric paint where you like squirt it and it comes out like a tube, like, like glue, puff, like puffy paint. Yeah, but it's like fa- it was yeah. fa- it was uh, fabric paint. Sure, and you would, they would do the designs and stuff like that. I loved how they did their own designs. Yeah, <laughs> or somebody did the designs on this. It just looked like you know somebody just made it. Uh huh. Rockers and whatever else was all over it. Very cool. I didn't notice the puffy paint, but yeah, good job. So here's something I've noticed like the past three times we've done like just kind of like how a cameraman kind of sticks on like a pretty woman. Yeah. So at an hour, 53 minutes, and 45 seconds, they got this really, you know, for the time. Should we just call this the perv, yeah. Eric? Because you've the- got several of these now? <laughs> well, he got, they come back to this girl. So they come back to her. I don't think she has a bra on. It's like a white tank top. And you can see, like, a tan line in her side boob, and she's, like, adjusting her shirt down. I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. <laughs> but then they go back to her, like, later in the show. So an hour, 53, okay. 45. An hour, one hour, 53, 45, we're going to adjust some side boob. Okay. Yep. Tan line side boob. Okay, now I'm going to have to watch that. Don't, don't let me forget. I forgot the last couple of times. Okay. We'll go back one. and listen. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the Rockers are expre- or an express match. Again, I don't know if I was just fatigued at this point because I was watching all the way through. Seven minutes, 38 seconds, the Orient Express win via mm-hmm. countout. Very odd. Why would they protect the Orient Express? I don't know. Very odd. But Janetti getting hit with assault, you know, that's typical Orient Express, Mr. Fuji type stuff. And yeah. As he's stumbling around because he's blind, he falls over the guardrail. So this is another thing I, I marked the time is I never, I don't remember ever seeing like this full on, like the pullover rubber Hulk Hogan mask. It was on, it was, a fan had it. Uh, two hours, two minutes, and 30 seconds. You'll see it on the floor when Marty Jannetty flips over the guardrail. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wish I kind of had that. It's like a big rubber mask, like a Michael Myers mask, but it was all Hulk Hogan. Okay. I mean, I've never even seen that. No, me neither. Maybe it's like a Canadian exclusive item. Maybe. <sighs> uh, after this match, we go back to Steve Allen, who's in back with Rhythm and Blues, Honky Talk Man, and Greg Valentine. God damn. <laughs> Valentine looks so stupid. <laughs> with his black hair? Oh, my God. And he's like kind of like trying to do... Uh, 
like a Jimmy, something and like I a Roy Orbison or I've noticed this multiple times in the Honky Tonk Man. I guarantee he doesn't know how to play the guitar. No, because he his guitar is sure always, as hell doesn't know how to sing. His guitar is always out of tune. Mm-hmm. He's always hit just a random string. Maybe that's part of his gimmick, but I don't think the Honky Tonk Man <laughs> he's so terrible. knows how to play the guitar. <laughs> it could be that's, wrong. That's, it's like a deep gimmick. Like you just have to go that far into your character and to just not be, be good and yeah. not even acknowledge it. And then we but got, when I first started watching wrestling, like to me, Greg Valentine was rhythm and blues. Like that's when I started okay. noticing who he was and then he broke off and then, you know, he was Greg the hammer blonde hair guy. But I don't know. Thinking back, I'm like, why did I even like this? Like, why did I like rhythm and blues? Cause I did. You're a rhythm and blues fan. I did. I liked them. Maybe because of this tape, this, they come out in a pink Cadillac, which we'll get Maybe. to in a little bit. Yeah. But before that, we've got Dino Bravo versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't Dino be the good guy here? Because he's the Canadian. He's from Canada. Yeah, and Hexall's yeah. got the USA chat. I think even Jesse points it out. Like, right. Like you're how, in Canada. How dumb he is. Did they cheer Bravo? I wasn't paying attention. No, they didn't. They cheered Hexall. Hexall's just, you kept oh, me. No, come on. I don't know if they were ho or they were boo. How could you not cheer Hexall? I don't care what country you're from. I mean, I'm from. in America. I cheer Hexall. Yeah, I don't care what country you're from. You got to cheer Hexall. But I'm pretty sure they were booing him. This Because ma- he's like, USA. They're like, no. Boo. <laughs> well, Jim Duggan wins, but. This is all about, again, building Earthquake up more and more because he, yeah. post-match, he attacks Duggan, squashes him, all that stuff. That's what mm-hmm. this is about. It had its typical moments like um, Jimmy Hart megaphone, you know, running his mouth the whole time and Dino and Hacksaw with his thumbs up and his big, solid punches. The only guy I probably hated more than Ronnie Garvin growing up was Dino Bravo. <laughs> really? Hated his matches. I hated Dino Bravo. I didn't know that. Yes. Now <clears> you do. You're not going to find me giving props to a Dino Bravo match. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Next, we got your famous Jake the Snake promo, which you tweeted out the other day. You got, you got, I did. You got it written down or something like that? Um, no. Okay. I mean, I have the tweet, but it's like three times longer than the tweet allowed me to, to put out. Well, what? Okay. Do you have the tweet up right now? No. Okay. Well, go ahead. What's your thoughts in this match? I'll find your tweet and read out what you tweeted for his or Jake's could, promo. Or you can look up the promo if you want. I don't want to play the whole promo. It's great top to bottom but anyways when i went back and watched this I, I i thought it was awesome and you know i had some hasbro figures by that time and had my little ring and i would have like I, i've said this before like one of those steno books where you just write out my matches draw my little, yeah. little rumble logos and you know just have my little card <laughs> subject to change so this is this maybe... i would write subject to change on the bottom did you really i would have like different matches like come up they're like oh you know and in my head i'm like it was supposed to be so and so but you know say hacksaw's filling in for hogan that tonight is so awesome. they're friends and so really this show is important for another reason this could have been the first inspiration for you to start your figure federation right it was that's awesome. Well, I mean, the Rumble was part of it, and then WrestleMania 7, then after 7, I started watching 6 yeah. by 4 and all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, all of this earlier stuff was inspiration. Here's your Jake the Snake promo. Should I do this in current Jake the Snake voice? I mean, where he's, could, like, where he's could, like, yeah. If you could do it in classic Jake, that'd be better. I'll just do it now. Okay. Pain. You, are you pulling on something? Pulling on your neck? In shame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. You see, Damien and I, I, that's not Jake. I'm going to try to, let me try to find my Jake. Damien and I don't forget. We remember all. Damien and I don't forget. I can't do a current Jake. I'm just going to do Steve. You see, Damien and I don't forget. We remember all. The people far less fortunate than you. People who could use your money for essentials. What did you do? You made fun of them. You humbled them. You humiliated them. Well, now it's my turn. I'm going to make you beg. 
Ooh, yeah. that's just for one his clip. own money, just to show how greedy he is. Ooh, just a little clip. Love it. Yes, I'm a big fan of that too. This is a match that I went back and watched because during the resurrection of the Jake the Snake movie that DDP had mm-hmm. documentary, or whatever. The start of it is Teddy Biasi talking about like the chemistry and how great Jake was, and they yeah. showed this match. Yeah, that was incredible chemistry between these two. So, what'd you think of the match? Every little thing that they did, whether they stopped, you know, for four or five seconds, ten seconds, the move—I mean, just everything just made sense. It was, I thought it was a great storytelling match. I thought the chemistry was there. Like, I just loved it. Like, I could watch this match forever. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Like, it was just a great match. And yeah. It's not much too much to say about it. Any highlights for the spots throughout the match? Uh, I think, like at the beginning, Jake trying to go for the DDT, and then the announcers kind of saying, "You know, you you." I can understand you want to go for the DDT, but you got to wear down the DiBiase before you can get it. And, you know, all that escape from, you know, moves and stuff like that. And I don't know. I liked it. And especially the um, Jake is on the outside. Million Dollar Man comes up behind him because I think Jake is tracing Virgil because Virgil's messing with him. DiBiase comes from behind, gets him in the Million Dollar Dream. And to, for Jake to get out of it, he kind of runs, you know, close to the ring post and <laughs> knocks uh, DiBiase off of him. And, yeah. I don't know, just everything about it I thought was great. Except for the ending. Yeah, the ending it was whatever, but I like that DiBiase got his money stuffed down his mouth. Ted wins by count out. Jake steals the money, yeah. gives Mary Tyler Moore a $100 bill, <laughs> and Jesse's like, she doesn't need the money. Right, she <laughs> doesn't need the money. I was like, yeah, no, she doesn't. What the hell? <laughs> Did Mooney talk to her before this match? He talks to her after. Okay. Well, I think I have notes on that. Because she's like, uh, yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that. And also there's the the wave going around a couple yeah. times throughout, and they don't, like, hide from it. They're like, oh, we got the wave going, gorilla. So it's a big right. deal. Yeah. I don't think that was disrespectful. I think that's just something Canadians do. I just. <laughs> no, I, I really do. Like, they do a lot of events where they do waves. And then even, like, in, uh, oh, my God, like, Latin America cultures, they do the ole and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I think it's just a fun okay. thing to do when you're there. I don't know. I think they were just bored. <laughs> they were just like, we got to get going. I mean, it's not here. like they were chanting CM Punk, CM, just to be dicks. <laughs> or boring, boring. Who, who left WWF in 1990 they could have chanted for? Like, who would have left WCW or something? Oh, boy. I, I couldn't even know. think. Yeah. They're just chanting, we want Sting, we want Sting, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's more disrespect to be had than a wave. Uh, Slick and Akeem are back. Have you been in a wave? Like, that's yeah. fun. Yes, so quick wave story. There was one wave I shut down. <laughs> what a stick in the mud. It was a Sox, yeah, White Sox game. It was like a Monday night game. It was packed. It was in the middle of a pennant race. Was like, it was probably like 2001 or two uh-huh. when the Sox were trying to make, win the division. Right. And it was a close game, and like these drunk guys in the upper deck started. And I'm like, no, no wave. Shut it down. Watch the game. I shut that wave down. Other than that, I've grown Terrible. older. Terrible. How dare I, you? I don't care anymore. We got Slick backstage with Akeem, where Slick says the money. <laughs> what is he talking about? I love Slick. This just sets up a, a squash match with a boss man to to take care of Akeem. To it was terrible. Put the twin towers to rest once and for all. Like Akeem, like I just imagine him as my Hasbro figure, like kind of big but solid. But I'm looking at him and he's like sloppy fat, like kind of. I don't know. He just looked terrible. I like Akeem. He's a Josh soul bro. He was. You know what my favorite part of this match was? What? Hearing the boss man theme twice. <laughs> That's the best part of the match. Right? Yeah, I mean, you respect the law. I do. Or you'll serve hard time. Akeem served hard time. 
He did, and this is probably the end of Akeem's run. <laughs> I like the beginning of the match, though, where kind of DiBiase, you forget that he didn't leave, and Bossman comes out. Akeem's already out there, and DiBiase just beats the hell out of Bossman before the match even starts. Yeah. What a dick. He turned down money. <laughs> what, yeah, that's I, true. That was the story. Like, he turned down the Bossman's money, which is why the Twin Towers broke up. Yeah. Very strange. Bossman's a better babyface anyway. And now we've got the Sean Moody in the crowd. And he's asking kids what they think of rhythm and blues in their song. <laughs> I like I like the first kid. Yes, he hates rhythm and blues. And then Moody's like, "Do you think they can sing? No, they can't do anything. Do you think they can yeah. dance? No, they st- they can't do anything." So Moody's like, "Okay, let's go with this little girl over here." <laughs> okay, weirdo. What <laughs> she loves it. Yeah. And then he goes over to Mary Tyler Moore, and he she's having a great time. She's like, "This is the perfect." combination of theater and right. athletics and he's asking yeah she about, got some good answers and then he keeps harassing her ah <laughs> damn leave her alone <laughs> and he's like well how about the honky tonk moves who, who does he sound like and she's like or who does he remind you of she's like who does he remind you of <laughs> yeah like turning it back on <laughs> him like, Elvis <laughs> okay that Elvis he's like okay <laughs> instead of just dropping he's like what does Greg Valentine look she clearly knows nothing about this right. he's just there to have a good time he's like what about Greg Valentine he's like Elvis he's like, leave me alone dude <laughs> I have a hundred bucks. Give it to him to leave you alone. <laughs> here you go, Moody. Get out of yeah. here. Beat it. Uh, Beat it, loser. Rhythm and Blues come down. The pink Cadillac, which we all know, DDP drove down. Yeah. He's got he, the honkettes in there. Yeah, honka, honka, burn in love. Uh-huh. I D- love the whole time it took to get set up, and you're in there, and I'm expecting, like, okay, they're going to be pretty decent. Oh, it was terrible. Like, I'm sure Jimmy Hart wrote this. It's a great song. But honky singing it and everybody, honka, 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 like the honkettes going, like, oh my goodness, terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. DDP's in the front seat, though, driving that pink Cadillac. But I loved how corny it was. <laughs> I wrote in here, it sounded like a bunch of injured cats getting busy. <laughs> That's how terrible it was. Speaking of terrible, Ravishing Rick Rude versus uh, Jimmy Snooker. What, you forgot about the Bushwhackers? Oh, that's posing, right. That's right. I'm <laughs> posing, sorry. Posing as like merch sellers. Yeah. Sorry, and then can. Jesse's like, this is the honky tonk or rhythm and blues. Get those guys out of here. You know, they uh, yeah, uncover it, themselves. Right. The well, honky unveils them. He's like, wait a minute. That's the the Bushwhackers. Get out of here. They ruined it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was so not paying attention to this. I completely forgot the Bushwhackers. Was this when Bushwhackers kind of came in? Mm, they were around. They, no, they were there at WrestleMania 5. 5? Okay. Yeah, they faced the Rougeau brothers. All right. They were there. Because I just remember, like, earlier NWA stuff, they were, you know, the uh, sheep herders. Yeah. And they kind of just didn't have the old funky bushwhacker arm waving type of... I mean, when they first got into the ring and yeah. walking around. and Anyway, that's anyway. just my side thought. Anyway, terrible match with Snook and Rick Rude. Rick Rude mm-hmm. gets basically the win in a, I guess, a squash match, which the only thing I can think of this is this is a calm-down match for the main event. Yeah. But the calm-down already happened with this rhythm and blues thing, right? Yeah, I guess. Okay, so we get the recap of the Hogan Warrior match. I thought, I thought Rude and Snooker was pretty good for what it was. I mean, they were both ripped to shreds. Oh, like, yeah. I couldn't believe, I mean, obviously Snooker needed more of a tan, because that's just how I imagine it from my Hasbro. Okay. That he's tan as hell. Yeah. <laughs> so he looks a little pale, maybe it's the lights or whatever, but I don't know, I thought the match was good, and even uh, Snooker's selling that Rude Awakening. Yeah. Like, I don't. there's a lot of people that I think can sell, say the RKO, when they dive into it instead of just kind of falling down. Yeah. Like, I think Ziggler's good at doing it. Um, Orton is good. At, I mean, uh, AJ is good at, like, yeah. selling that. Even RVD was amazing at selling the okay. RKO. But Snooker, like, actually looked like he broke his neck when he, like, kind of well, went shooting, with this. I'm crapping all over this match, and you loved it, so. I did. You. <laughs> You're like, I thought this match sucked. I was just so ready to get to the main event. Yeah, you don't like Snooker. I don't. Where do you rank him? 
above or below Garvin? Uh, as a person or as a wrestler? As a wrestling match. Would you rather watch a Snooker match or a Garvin match? Well, I mean, can I watch the Garvin-Craig Valentine match from Rumble 90? No. Uh, Vince Snooker. <laughs> okay. At least Snooker, like, jumps off the top rope. Yeah. He's right? like, brother. Yeah. Oof, oof. At least he does yeah. something, you know? Right. Okay. Uh, all right. So we got our main event here. There's a couple notes I have here. Uh, one, Basil DeVito, again, from the WrestleMania book, talked about how he didn't need to know who won the match, so he I'm watched gonna, it from the press I'm gonna box. I'm going to step away for a sec. Okay, where are you going? Okay, you can do that. I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking. We're going to okay. do this live. Okay. So Basil DeVito's view of this match was from the press box, and I think I actually have the clip here where it is. Here it is. So he wanted to watch it from the, from the press box to basically see it as a fan. And he said, one, and he's talking about how the ref was counting one, two, and he goes, to no one in particular, and to my own surprise, I started rooting under my breath. Come on, get up, get up. My wife looked at me in disbelief. You're cheering, she said. You don't know what's going to happen, or you don't know who you're rooting for anyway. Explain to me. I shrugged. Well, I think I know what's supposed to happen, but I'm not sure. That was the truth. Maybe in the last 24 hours, Hulk had changed his mind. God knows that it happened before. So Hulk talks about changing the, the finish in there. Maybe he wanted to work for another year. You know, it could be fun at the top and lucrative too. It was not at all the realm of, not out of the realm of possibility that something unexpected could happen. As a matter of fact, Hulk did stage a comeback after seemingly being knocked out. It looked for a few moments as though he was going to retain the championship. But in the end, the ultimate warrior turned the table and pinned Hulk. It was a clean, decisive victory. And it was for the Warrior, a clean, decisive victory, kind of. We'll get into why I don't think it was necessarily a clean, decisive victory for the Warrior, but we'll get into that. So this match starts. Uh, another thing where I want to mention, which I'm sure if you guys have seen the Ultimate Warrior documentary that was on the network or wherever, they, everyone uses those carts for the ring here, the, the carts to the ring. And mm-hmm. Warrior talked about in the documentary how he's doing his makeup in the mirror, and someone's telling Warrior, hey, you're going on these carts. He's just, he tells him, I'm running to the ring. And then, like, well, we have to use the carts. I'm running to the ring. Like, so they went and got Vince. So Vince comes in and goes, Warrior? And he goes, Vince, I'm running to the ring. <laughs> so Warrior just, Hogan goes, oh, I guess he's running to the ring. So, yeah. of course, you know, Hogan must have heard that. It's like, well, brother, if he's running, I'm not, I'm not going on the cart, dude. Yeah. And the Warrior does sprint to the ring. Uh, Hogan comes down. I'm, I mean, it's a, that's not Warrior if he doesn't run. Well, he didn't run a WrestleMania 7 because that was part of the story of the match. Yeah. Okay. I, I get it. He's just so big. Uh, Hogan comes down, and as I watched both entrances, I tried to determine who was getting the bigger pop. They and were, it, it was split. It really, really was. It was so huge. Uh, yeah. Could you imagine being a kid? Like, one, I think, to me, I think there's two camps in this match mm-hmm. fandom. There's the kid that's a little older. Maybe he's like 11 or 12. Hogan's been his guy. He's sticking with his guy. And there's yeah. a kid that just started watching. He's seven, eight. He's like, Warrior is going to take Hogan out. He is the new guy. <laughs> or there's the kid who's like 13 that, you know, is kind of over Hogan already. Or the old, those guys in the tuxedos, which yeah. we talked about what they did right. earlier. They had their big match, start yelling at yeah. people. Like this just reminded me of a, just monsoon is, I don't know how many times he said it, but I just always hear this when I hear the crowd so loud. It's like, it's deafening in here. Yeah, it was. It was. And they both have a stare down, and it's just, I don't know, it's a great, great match. And there's so many moments throughout this match. Obviously, there's the test of strength, which is the famous yeah. thing. 
there's just, just like the beginning that like you were talking about the close-ups and just the tension and the timing it took before they kind of got into each other yeah the the stare downs the opening struggles for control like who is the strongest who's the best you know like an old dwight Schrute would say a tit for tit it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) and then there's also a point where hogan goes to the outside and starts saying oh my knee's gone my knee's gone (laughs) yeah and then jesse's like or jesse grill's like oh we don't want it to end like this here comes heel hogan yeah heel hogan's faking the injury and then he says he pops it back in When you watch this match, I'm sure you've seen it before. What do you think, looking back at it? Like, how does it hold up to you? I loved it. I mean, obviously, this is part of a lot of just, like, collections and and retellings, packages, and all that. Yeah. yeah. And I just loved the match, like, from beginning to end. But, you know, all the different things that you see, even, you know, with the test of strength and Warrior shaking his head, you know, that gained popularity on the Internet as, like, the BJ meme. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I... I think of all of that stuff and then, you know, the test of strength and the just, I don't know, crisscrossing. I mean, that's always, you see that kind of stuff, but yeah. I mean, just the pacing in the match, I think served both of them well. Cause I don't think either one of them are credible wrestlers per se. How about when Hogan press slammed the warrior? Yeah. That was a little I'm impressive. So, never mind. Warrior Vice press slammed Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You know? And like he was kind of struggling a little bit there. <laughs> he was. And you see Hogan look like a big old whale on top, a tan whale on top of him. Like if you if you work out, you know lifting 300 pounds over your head, and that it's insane. Especially that's not like evenly distributed. Yeah, it's like a big sandbag up there. Uh-huh. Right. And he drops him. And yeah. What would you think of the finish of this match? The Hogan misses the leg drop, then the big splash? What would you think of that? I thought it was a quick... Um, I guess opportunistic type of thinking for Warrior to get it, and I like that Hogan kicked out at three point one. I hated that, like right after. Like to me, I hated that. But I also like the story of when the referee got knocked out. Yeah, and then Hogan got the pin one True. two three, and then Warrior got the pin one two three. I think Jesse said, or maybe Monsoon said something. It's like they're even one to one, so that even added more to the story. Like you know, this is going to be two out of three falls. Te- uh-huh. Not technically, but. You know, whoever gets the next pinfall is going to be the official winner, which obviously you know that. But the fact that they each got like a little pin on each other during the ref out, I thought made it a lot better too, which isn't really shown in like the retelling. So I forgot about that part. Yeah. And the the kick out thing. I liked it. Cause to me, just that's like, Hogan was, saying. I thought it was just oh. enough to get him. To me, that's Hogan kind of going to business for himself a little bit. You think so? Yes. Like saying, I think that they were just just both too powerful that he just got him. Okay. Like he didn't like he didn't. Uh, well, how do they call they call it? Make him look bad or yeah, put him over. Not put him over, but you know, bury it, him. Yeah, something like bury that. Him. Yeah. And then post match, after where he gets the win at the big splash, or make a, him look weak is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. After the their post match, obviously there's the big hug and the mm-hmm. raising hands. One thing I noticed about this with the pan crowd shot. A lot of the upper deck seats, people left. Like people were like, "Okay, this is a long show." Warrior won. Yeah, but that Warrior pop when he won. I like looking in the crowd and seeing those excited people get, awesome. getting pumped for it. So and just the, the pan out and the fireworks, and you, you see the big sky dome like yeah. Tron. And he's you know doing the fist pump and shaking the ropes and all yeah. that. And I do like how they are still putting Hogan over on the way out. Like Gorilla says, he's taking one more step towards immortality. Like he just lost. 
Just because he was. Just... <laughs> Did you notice the little? It was. It was hardly noticeable, but he gets on the cart and he's not ready when it starts to move, and he kind of like gets jolted a little bit because he's not ready for it to start moving. <laughs> I thought that was funny, and the, if... the camera caught it. What if he fell? It'd be hilarious. <laughs> I started laughing as much as I'm laughing right now, and he got shook a little bit. <laughs> well, you hate Duncan, so it's where he gets the win there. Great, great matchup. It still holds up over time. It does. This match is 22 minutes, 51 seconds. Long match. Mm-hmm. Not too long. Though. Very, very good. That's WrestleMania 6. Well, In a nutshell. <laughs> what's Hogan tripping? What letter grade would you give WrestleMania 6? Oh, God. I mean, I had a lot of fun watching it, but overall, I'd probably give it like a B-. Because really? there were maybe like two or three really good matches, and everything else was just kind of humdrum superstar stuff. <laughs> I guess that's true. I'll give it a B because... The nostalgia will kick it up from a B minus for me. Okay. I think if you're a first time watcher, you're probably not going to get a big, yeah, big of a kick out of it. But it's still cool to go back to see this type of stuff. So go back and watch it. You will have a lot of fun regardless yeah. watching it. Maybe watch it in three parts, like Eric did. Yeah, it helps. Like the Irishman movie on Netflix. Watch it in three parts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything uh, else? Any other? No, final I'm just thoughts? thinking about how good that Jake match was. You're still going to go back and watch that. I in probably promos? will. Yeah. I'm going to meet Jake the Snake Roberts at WrestleCon this year, I think. Nice, well, really nice. I met him before, so I might meet him again, get, get him to sign something. I've got a actually a, a VHS tape where he's clotheslining Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. so maybe him and Ted DiBiase to sign that. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I think I told you guys the story before where I yeah. uh, met him. Yeah. And he came in with his arm in a sling. Right. Like, oh, Jake's hurt. Like, that's how every, that's how he came in and introduced himself to everybody. Like, the, we're all in line getting, you waiting told to the get story inside. Before. Yeah. Well, hold and, on. We'll start over. You could, we'll wrap up. For people who haven't heard this story before, because I know there's some new listeners. You can listen to it. And if you have, you can stop listening now. Uh, but tell the story of the time you met Jake and what someone said to him. I was just going to do it really quick. You know, at the end, I, was, I wasn't going to go into the whole story. Tell the story. You've got four minutes. Go. Okay. So Jake shows up. We're waiting for this, this guy. This is an indie house show, right? Indie house show. Over in here in Joliet at some, you know, high school gym. Yeah. And, you know, he's the main guy on the bill. Everybody else is indie. You know, come see make Jake the Snake Roberts. We're like, all right, cool. I'm in. I love Jake. So I go in and, you know, he finally shows up and everybody's like, yeah, Jake's here. But he walks in with a sling and his arm in a sling. So, okay, he's hurt, whatever. He's getting older. Maybe he did something wrong, whatever. Fine. So as we're watching the match, he comes out to save one of their, the indie heroes. He's being, the heroes being gang attacked by three heels and they're kind of stalking him into the corner. And then Jake comes out in his sling and he's telling these three bad guys to, you know, get back. He's with me, this and that. You know, I'm going to give you the DDT, short arm clothesline. You know, he's doing his whole thing. So then the three guys like, this old guy in a sling, he's not saving anybody. So as soon as they start to take a couple steps toward Jake, he takes the sling off and like kind of gets in like a fighting stance. Like he's going to fight and everybody pops for it. Like, holy shit, Jake's ready to go. We're going to see the DDT and all yeah. that good stuff. So he does his whole short arm clotheslines, close people, clotheslines people over the top rope. The indie hero gets up, thanks Jake, and the match or the show's kind of over. So then Jake has the microphone and he's standing around and, you know, he's thanking all the fans for the support. He's been through a lot of ups and downs. He's glad that a lot of people stuck with him and he's still, you know, as popular as he is because of the fans and thanks to the fans, all this kind of stuff. And one kid is dead quiet because he's not talking loud. So just imagine like a quiet gym, you know, like an assembly or anything like that where everybody's kind of quiet. You hear little whispers here and there. Yeah. But overall, you can hear Jake talking. And this one guy, fuck you, Jake. And everybody's like, oh. And Jake is like, 
how dare you talk like that? There's kids here. There's this and that. And he's like, get that MF around. He didn't say MF around. <laughs> he said, get that guy out of here. So everybody's like cheering for Jake and like booing this guy. So a couple of security guys, you know, walk up and you can see like everybody's kind of standing up now to see where this guy's at <laughs> and watch him get thrown out. So, you know, you can see the security guards, like it was two of them walking this guy to the side. They just opened the gym door and like, <laughs> like push him out and then close the gym door. And everybody starts, you know, popping and cheering for Jake and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was an incredible moment. Like I'm glad You're I met a hero. Jake. You're yeah. a hero. That's awesome. I had him sign the Jake DVD. Still the, got uh, it? Poison or whatever the Pick hell that your was. poison. Do you still yeah. have it? I do. Yeah. On display? I had to move it because I got so much stuff and I had to decide them. Jake got downgraded. You should get a little shadow box like I have behind me. Yeah. Those I ones will. up there. Get yeah. One. Okay. Wal- Walgreens. They're pretty cheap. Or Walgreens. Michaels. They're pretty cheap. Craft yeah, store. It's a, it's a good deal. All right. Well, I'm glad you wrapped up on that story and I'm glad you came over for this fun show. And I'm mm-hmm. glad everyone got to listen this week. And again, if you've first time hearing us or this is a, you're an every week listener, which we really appreciate. Share it with a friend. I appreciate yeah. everyone that does that currently, so keep doing that. It's part of the fun of this podcast wrestling community that's out there. Everyone's pretty cool. Yeah, and I enjoy the tweets where you know people saying, "Hey, we're listening to this," or they'll take a picture of their radio and it yeah. says BPW. I'm like, that's awesome. It, it's pretty cool and pretty weird still yeah. to me that it's just I don't want I don't like thinking about it, but uh, it's super cool that people want to support us and what we mm-hmm. do. And it's cool that everyone supports everyone else. And for podcasts or other Twitter accounts that are like trolls or don't support everyone, they get kicked out of the community pretty quickly. So yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Eric, thanks for coming by. Forrest, thanks it. for making noise a few times. And everyone, we will see you next week. Blah!